Welcome back, everyone, to episode. <laughs> God dang it! Uh, episode one hundred and six of the Popcorn Podcast. I'm Tommy Cresta, alongside me, my co-host Ryan Ferran, and today we are here to talk about Barbenheimer, one of the biggest movie events of the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, we went and saw both Barbie and Oppenheimer last night. And before we get into any of that, Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good today. How about you? Feeling pretty okay. JK is back in the MLB. Bryce Harper's playing first base. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. I want to see how Harper does it first, but that's why I don't want to. That's why I yeah. zoom move the podcast up. Yeah, because what's more important? <laughs> so what? JK is playing left now. Yeah, Schwarber's DHing. But uh, before we move any further into the review, I did want to say something I meant to say on the last episode. We just wanted to say we are standing with SAG and with the Writers Guild. But at the same time, they don't want people to not see movies. I know there's a lot of people that are saying, oh, they don't want people to review movies. No, they don't want people talking about the studios, which we will not be talking about. We'll be talking about the directors and the actors. But we will not give any credit to the studios. And we're just talking about the movie because we love the movie. They want you to see the movie. It's not that we are just ignoring the fact that all these studios and certain higher-ups like Bob Iger... uh, David Zaslav are all making way too much money while certain people are not making enough to even live on their own. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was something we should probably say because we forgot to say it on our last episode. Yeah. 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 No, you should still see the movies because they, the actors and writers still put in a lot of hard work. So it's, you know, yeah, you're supporting the studios definitely, but you're also supporting them, which is a good thing. Yeah. Cause we're not seeing the movie for the companies yeah, that made these movies. To, yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so moving on from that, we are going to move into, I think I think we should do in the order we saw it. Yeah, that's Next fine. Time. So we'll talk about Barbie first. And I know a lot of people believe that you should have saw Oppenheimer first, cigarette and some coffee, some Oppenheimer, leave Oppenheimer, go out for some brunch, mimosas, go mm-hmm. see Barbie. Well, we did the complete opposite way. Yeah, we saw Barbie. <laughs> we first. went and saw Barbie, got our mood good. Felt happy about it, and then mm-hmm. went and saw Oppenheimer. And before we actually get into the actual review of Barbie or the review of Oppenheimer, I am very happy with seeing Oppenheimer first, uh, second, because I would yeah. have thought about the entire time of Barbie. Yeah, exactly. People have been saying like, see Oppenheimer first, and it's all like depressed and stuff, and then go and see Barbie and cheer up. I think that that sounds like a good time, but Oppenheimer is like, it's not like soul crushing that people are making it out to be. But at the same time, it's it's going to stick with you. And if you're going straight into Barbie after that, you're going to be like, how did I get here? Like, it's just going to be <laughs> this is not all of a sudden. It's not what I signed up for. Yeah. So I think seeing Barbie first was good because it's it's much shorter, too. Obviously, under yeah. two hours and Oppenheimer's three hours. But, yeah, I think seeing Barbie first was a good, you know, get into the movie, chill out, have fun, and then go see Oppenheimer. Smile. Yeah, enjoy yourself. <laughs> you don't do much of that in Oppenheimer. But uh, now I guess going into the review of uh, Barbie. This was directed by Greta Gerwig. And so far, it's doing pretty well critically. And so far, just on the Thursday night showing, it made $22 million, which is insane. Because that's yeah. better than a lot of movies. A lot of movies is box office. It's smaller films, I guess. But um, so far, critically, it has a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 90% Rotten Tomatoes score, and I believe it's a 90% critic score, 89% audience score, 
And then also it's an 86% on Google. I gave it a thumbs up on Google, helping out the cause. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I also learned the Google thing just goes, it's what percentage of people hit a thumbs up. Yeah, that makes sense. I thought it was actually on the reviews, like the out of five down low. Do they even have that? I thought it was just thumbs that's up, a, thumbs down. If you go down more, there's an actual review. Oh, okay. Out of five, but that's a whole different rating system. Gotcha. We're sitting at a 3.1 out of 10. Out of five. Out of five. But uh, this film stars, as we know, Margaret Robbie as Barbie, Ryan Gosling as Ken, Will Farrell as the head of Mattel, Emma Mackey, Simu Lee, and I need this cast list because it's very, very big it's a cast. lot. Michael Sarah, Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Um, uh, Michael yeah. Sarah played Alan. Kate McKinnon played Weird Barbie. I'm not going to remember all the Barbie's names. Yeah. But America Far- Farrea, Farrah. She played Gloria. Gloria. Yeah. Uh, the girl played Sasha's name was Ariana Greenblatt, and her pictures has to be from like ten years ago. Yeah, that was <laughs> it's a long that's time an ago. Old picture, yeah, definitely. But then uh, Kingsley Ben Adir, he was also in it. He played what version of the Ken? Issa Rae was in it. Uh, Nakuti Gatwa, if for any of my any of my fans that love sex education. Uh, those who know Emma Mackey's in it, he's also in it. And Connor Swindles, who plays Aaron, is also in it. So it was a nice little reunion for the sexual education mm. cast. Um, John Cena plays Mermaid Ken. Yeah. Anne Hathaway. I don't remember her being in it. I don't remember her uh, Dua Lipa plays Mermaid Barbie. Yeah. And just all around, it's a great cast. And there's a lot of people. But, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, this is one of those movies that are going to be really hard to score just because it's definitely over the top campy over the top weird. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's everything that you need for a Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I did love it. I had a great time watching this and I thought Ryan Gosling was amazing as Ken. Yeah. And he did definitely. steal every scene, mm-hmm. but it's also hard. Cause it's not like a normal movie. No. Like if you wanted to be an asshole, you could really pick this movie apart and be like, where is Barbie Land on the map? Because in the beginning, they show it, and it looks like a real place. But where would that be on Earth? Like, you could totally pick this movie apart if you wanted to be an asshole. But this is just a good time. Like, it's just, don't take it seriously at all. Just watch it and enjoy yourself. The Barbie not being on the map is what bothered that, that was something you No, I'm of. saying it's not bothering me because it's a goddamn Barbie movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can take this apart and say, like, why is, you know, this person acting like this if they're a real person? You know what I mean? Like Will Ferrell in this movie and all the Mattel guys, they act like Barbies the entire time. Like they're goofy and like playing around and stuff. Come on. That's what you, that was great. Yeah, it was great. But I'm saying you can say, why are the real people acting yeah. like Barbies? You can pick this apart. I just love that Will Ferrell, that everyone was just kissing his ass. Yeah. And it was great. He was hamming it up and it fit this movie perfectly. Everybody was. And I will say, great job to Noah Baumbach and. Greta Gerwig writing this, mm-hmm. not making it too goofy where it was like annoyingly goofy. Yeah. But enough campiness that like it was an enjoyable amount. Of yeah, campiness. they nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it, the movie. Just going off my enjoyment, it's this kind of like Asteroid City. It's going to, I have it like eight. eight. I don't think I'm going to put it up there. I think I'm a little bit below Rotten Tomatoes, but much higher than IMDb. What's IMDb? Have that? Seven, seven. Wow. Yeah, so I guess I'm in between Rotten Tomatoes and Google right now. Uh, 90% to 86%. Gotcha. It's a fair range. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I think I'm going to give it like 
an 84, 85. Like, it was still a lot of fun, yeah. but, you know, it's not a movie I'm rushing to see. I'm probably never going to watch this again, unless, like, what? I go and see it with I'm my sisters. Watch something. this again. If my family wants to go and watch this, I'll go I'll see it again, but I'm never going to, like, scroll on Netflix and be like, let's watch the Barbie movie on a Wednesday night. I will. Like, you know, I will definitely be. I know you will. Ryan Gosling shirtless. I can watch that for <laughs> hours and hours. But um, he was the best part of this movie too. He was, and I think we said this when the movie was announced, like the castings were announced. If anyone was ever going to play Barbie and Ken, it's Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. Yeah, they are the perfect choice. And, and the, they even mention it, like the narrator says, <laughs> Helen Mirren. Yeah, was the narrator. Mm-hmm. I did like that line where she's like, I'm not pretty anymore. And like the pause for the hour is like, Margot Robbie's the wrong person to cast <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. And Ken was just a bumbling idiot. And I loved yeah. every second of it. This movie is, I mean, we've, I feel like we've said this for the past, like three movies review where we were like, this movie knows exactly what it is. This movie knows exactly what it is. Cause oh, it it's does. not, n- not a part of it is taking itself seriously. I mean, for the most part, like, the fun parts are fun, but then you get like, you know, serious parts about like what it means to be a woman and stuff like that. That's pretty serious. But everything else is just jokey good time, which is just super fun. Yeah. And the movies that we had done before were Mission Impossible and Extraction 2 and Asteroid City. So, yeah, yeah. movies that we all because Indiana Jones, you weren't here. It's an all right movie. It was a very good. <laughs> it wasn't all right movie. It was a very good Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, it was definitely an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, just didn't love it. I know you liked it up until the end. I liked it up until he went back in time. <laughs> you can't just say that on the road. Been out for a couple weeks. <laughs> but um, it did, and I, I really did think every Barbie played a Barbie perfectly. Yeah, and every Ken, it was just so funny how their world's backwards to mm-hmm. what our world pretty much is, and <laughs> Ken's obsession with horses and everything, like <laughs> just the whole fish out of water. I think I'm just kind of, what is it when like no matter what you're gonna like that style of a movie. So uh, I have a soft spot. Oh yeah, I love the fish out of water movie. Yeah. But I like how they did it like normal fish out of water is like, oh, my God, what does this do? What does this do? This one is just I would like your finest job, please. Like he just yeah. walks in with full confidence. He doesn't understand that people can say no to him. Like, it's great. <laughs> Talking to the doctor was so funny. Yeah. Can I talk to a real doctor? I am a doctor. Can I, I talk to doctor. a man? Can I get a clicky pen? <laughs> and a sharp thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> doctor. <laughs> no, I, I definitely like this movie. I like the sets because it was awesome to look at. Yeah. Just pink and plastic, every mm-hmm. even the water, yeah. and the way that they would fly through the air was so funny to me because mm-hmm. it looks so ridiculous and so cheap. Yeah, yet this movie has like a hundred and something million dollar budget, <laughs> at a higher budget than Oppenheimer. <laughs> <It did. laughs> oh my god, I love Margot Robbie. I like just as an actress, like none of the other yeah. stuff included. She was great in this. She was. She she's Barbie. I mean, I think she was the best. I think she was the best acting performance in this, but I think Ken still, Ryan Gosling as Ken still steals every scene he's in. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah, just every time he's in the scene, like he's never taking anything seriously. Every scene with him is just a joke and it's always funny (laughs) because he's just hamming it up so hard. Wait, what does he say when she says, I'm ready ready to be your long-term low commitment? He goes around the corner and says something. 
I think he says like splendid or something. That's what he, he goes back. He's no, like, sublime. Sublime. He's like, sublime. <laughs> and then walk back around the corner. And the, the sets did look great. Every Barbie house looked all, looked mm-hmm. just like how they looked in yeah. when they used to be in my basement. None of, one, none of my siblings play Barbies anymore. Yeah. But um, I just love Kate McKinnon was funny because it was just yeah. everyone had that knows someone who had that doll. That's hair was cut. It had sharp ears. <laughs> we had a baby doll. Really? I named him Jamal. You, I, I used to throw him down the study. I was so mad at that baby <laughs> doll. <laughs> that, that, that was my uh, weird Barbie. Weird Barbie. Yeah, I loved it. I had it dressed as like Spider-Man. I'd throw him like a football spiral down my nice. steps. And then his eyes now broken down. <laughs> I still have it. Really? It's in my basement right now. Nice. Yeah. But um, I don't know if I ever had one like that. I would have like a bunch of Lego clone troopers that I would just fucking demolish. But like, <laughs> why? <laughs> it's just fun because I'd be like playing them like they're in a battle scene, and I'd be like, "Oh, something exploded!" Blah. <laughs> one of them just goes flying. Yeah, it's a tag off my shirt. It's great. But um, I keep saying but um, uh, this movie's hard to talk about. God, these are this is gonna be a short episode. We can talk about how. In the middle of the movie, I realized this is basically just Elf, but better Barbie. Yeah, better. Even though I love Elf, but I think this is a better movie. Well, Fowles in both of them. Yeah, he is. But this is just the same thing of like, not the same movie, but the way they go from Barbie it's, Land it's to the real world. Similar. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Where it's like, you know, Will Ferrell and Elf is riding an iceberg, but everything in the background is like paper, like drawn. Like it, it looks like a set. They don't try to make yeah. it look real. And it's the just same like thing with Barbie, Barbie did. Yeah. Which is just fun. I loved Ken going back by himself. Mm-hmm. He's trying to pedal the butt. He's <laughs> just struggling. Yeah. Simu Lee was funny. He was funny. I like him. I think Kingsley Benadir was my favorite Ken besides Ryan Gosling. He was funny. Because yeah. my... when Margot Robbie, your feet drop, and he's like, he's just dry heaving. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't actually throw up. Yeah. That was another funny. I like when they, the ongoing joke about the drink. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in it, and then Bonch yeah. gets water and just dumps oh, on her face. She's not that. used to that. And the water, there is no water in the shower, mm-hmm. but she like freaks out like yeah. there is. Anyway, she drinks the expired milk. Yeah, there's nothing there. It just says expired. <laughs> it says cow milk. Yeah. No, I just oh my god. And then the the mirror that she's doing her hair in is just not a mirror, mm-hmm. it's just a thing yeah. with a hole. <laughs> and then just waving all the Barbies. I want to know where the Kens live. They brought yeah. that up eventually. Yeah, even Margot Robbie was like, "We actually, I don't know where the Kens live." <laughs> like, where are Kens live? I don't actually know. Don't know. Just beach. <laughs> they just live on beach. Can I work here? <laughs> Do you... No, not out there. I don't know how to swim. Can I just work? Just beach. Just beach. <laughs> Ken wasn't... is beach. No, Ken. <laughs> the whole movie is just a whole thing. For finding yourself is the whole point of this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because everyone, I guess, finds themselves. Mm. And this is definitely more like woman-oriented movie. You know what I mean? Like, not that yeah. guys can't enjoy it, but like we... But it's aimed it. towards girls. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Barbie movie. Yeah, the message is like, you know... Empowering. Yeah, and... definitely. So... They were so mean to Barbie in the real world. They were. <laughs> you fascist. I was like, damn. <laughs> Why are you so yeah. mean to Barbie? And then Issa Rae drops the F-bomb, but it's bleeped. Yeah. And it says Barbie around. Good. Oh, no, it says Mattel, Mattel. around her mouth. I'm surprised Mattel let them 
use Mattel as just the straight bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, they seem so evil. But they weren't even, like, bad. Yeah. But it was, like, comic-y yeah. evil. Yeah. Like, it was... Yeah. They were, like, the twirling your mustache bad yeah, guys. exactly. I like when he, he's like, I'll just climb the cubicle. It'll be faster. And they're like, no, sir. No, you just hear him fall. Yeah. It was just such simple, like, child humor. Yeah, But definitely. in this movie, it fits. Totally. And the end of the movie was funny. Her appointment she goes to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just so out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. The husband was funny. You only mm-hmm. see him, like, two scenes, but he's always trying to learn Spanish. Yeah. It was good. I'm trying to think. It was definitely more pg-13 than i thought it would be it was i I said to my dad i don't know if annie can see this yeah like it's it's not strictly a kids movie no they definitely make some jokes yeah it's a very much pg-13 movie where it's like they make jokes about penises and vaginas (laughs) fairly often yeah (laughs) he doesn't have a penis i have all the males (laughs) i have all the genitals (laughs) all the genitals oh my i really like this movie it was so much fun it was a good time but like it was, in, it was just happy. Like it was nice. Mm-hmm. It was nothing like you have to go into like deep thought. Yeah, you just could enjoy yourself watching it. And I think that's yeah. I think, think kind of what we need. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you're going into this expecting like, oh, this is a Barbie movie. Like they're just gonna act like Barbies. Like they're they really act like Barbies. Like they'll fall on the ground. There's cartoon sprinkles that pop up, sparkles. Oh my god! Like it go, is. Oh, yeah. sparkles. Oh, yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> like whatever kind of Barbie movie you're expecting, expect Barbier because yeah. it's just like they don't shy away from them being dolls yeah. at all. Oh, you know the scene with the dog that poops yeah. little beads. I have that. Really? Yeah. They turned his tail and poop came out. It was just a little plastic ball. Yeah. Yeah. I liked all the discontinued Barbies. That was funny. The one. <laughs> the pregnant one. The pregnant one was funny. No, the one was the puberty Barbie. If you twisted its arm. Oh, yeah. It increased. Yeah. <laughs> I have a TV in my back. Whose dream is that? <laughs> it was funny seeing all the discontinued Barbies. Mm-hmm. It was fun just seeing all the different vari- variants. The, <laughs> the different types of Barbies that they yeah. had out there. Mm-hmm. And I like when Glory at the end, I mean, we're, we're spoiling his entire thing, but like at the end when she's like, why can't we just make an ordinary Barbie? And Will Ferrell's like, it sounds terrible. And the guy behind him is like, that's going to make a lot of money. He's, he's like, like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and the scene was actually kind of sad with the late Ruth who created, for those who don't know, created Barbie. It was like a sad mm-hmm. scene and like, not sad, but like emotional because it showed like all the videos of the moms and daughters. Yeah. I was like, oh, and then that song. Why did they pick the saddest song I've ever heard of? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it yeah. was so sad. <laughs> yeah. Rhea Perlman was the like perfect just grandmom for that. She was. Yeah. She was great. She's got to get in Sunny at some point. The season's over. Well, in the future. I didn't know that though. Oh, wait. That was it? That was it. Huh. Season 16 finale. I knew it was eight episodes. I didn't realize eight came out already. Yeah. That's the Dennis one. Gotcha. Yeah. But Rhea Now Perlman. looking back on it, I can see why. Yeah. But, funny um, if she was like Frank's mistress or something yeah. like i love when they bring in different ca- people for frank mm-hmm. i'm sad we didn't see ryan yeah <laughs> i'm not spoiling it's always sunny i don't yeah. care um have you ever seen that behind the scenes thing though when they're when danny vito first got on the show no and they were they made like a fake behind the scenes video of like mclenny leaves um he goes to charlie's um whatever not rv um, trailer yeah trailer and he's like hey you got to go blow Danny for us because he's got to stay on. 
The whole thing is like standing Vito being like, all right, it's time. And then real Perlman's sitting there with the camera. She's like, don't stop. You better do this. Really? It's so funny. She's yeah. in it? Oh, it's his yeah. wife. Yeah. I always forget that. Mm-hmm. I did try to tell me they got divorced. Really? Yeah. I didn't think I they have. Think so. I don't know. What was it they say? could. I just I don't know. Yeah. Not, nothing I had heard of has said that they were divorced. Mm-hmm. Damn. I was going to say something before you went off on that little speech. Tangent. Damn it, Ryan. What do you got? I can't remember. <laughs> a jog your memory. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> Try looking. I heard a trick. You just look both ways really fast and jogs memory. I'm not doing that. I'm that serious. That sounds... <laughs> if, it, it, if it was I, an audio version, I would. I heard it on brain I heard it on brain games in 2012. Do you think I'd try it? It's brain games. You remember brain games? It was on like... Is it the guy in the robot? Discovery Channel. No, it was some like thing you would go around and do like puzzles and stuff. It was like, you know, like... You're watching this in 2012, dude. Brain Games was a banger. You're 10 years old, nine yeah. years old, maybe even further. It might have been like 2014, 2015. Brain <laughs> 20, Games was awesome. Right? Yeah, I still watch Brain <laughs> Games. Watching Brain Games. Brain Games was I keep awesome. the brain young. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember what I was gonna say. I'm kind of annoyed. I had a I had a valid point. I feel like I was gonna bring up a valid point about the Barbie movie. Hmm. Oh, damn it! I can't remember what I was gonna say. What are we looking at? Oh, we're 21 minutes in. I think we can move over to Oppenheimer. There's more to say. Yeah, I think Barbie is... Exactly what... It was exactly what it needed to be to be good. Yeah. No, it's just just a good time. It's not a movie that's going to change your life. It's going to get nominated for Best Picture. You think? I do. All right. Maybe not Best Picture. I think it'll get nominated. Might get nominated for like sets set or something. Set, like that. costume yeah. design, because there mm-hmm. are all the Barbie out. Yeah. I really think Ryan Gosling could get nominated. Good. Margot Robbie could too. I think the next movie's gonna have nominees. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um Barbie was just it was just a good time. And whatever as Barbie as you're expecting it to be, expect more. Because it just doesn't shy away at all. Oh no, it doesn't. It this it is leans into it as hard as possible in the best way possible. I'm trying to pull up my my quick review of Oppenheimer. Mm. Did you write something on Letterbox? Nice. I started I started really using Letterbox. Good. Twenty two followers. Wow. Go check me out on Letterbox. See how many followers I have on Letterbox. Okay. So Oppenheimer. This is my quick little review. Uh, I gave it five stars. I said this film was the true definition of a masterpiece in its writing, visuals, acting, sound design, everything in between. Kelly Murphy gives a once-in-a-lifetime performance. This film has lived up to the hype. I truly loved every second. That was my quick little view. Nice. But um, Oppenheimer is directed by Christopher Nolan, and it stars every living being that's ever lived on this earth. Yeah. It is currently sitting at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think it actually has a higher audience score than critic score. It's 93% critic score, 94 audience score. Critics so far are saying about Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer marks another engrossing achievement from Christopher Nolan that benefits from... I just messed myself up. That benefits from Murphy's tour de, tour de force performance and stunning visuals. I would completely agree with that. Don't laugh at me. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at... I'm looking at the cast list right now. David S. Malchin's character name was just listed as actor. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was like Forda, Borda. Hmm? Fortum. It was something like that, his character. Yeah, I don't remember his name. 
Okay. I think just before we start reviewing this, I think we're just going to refer to all the characters as the actors' names because there's so many guys. I was going to refer to Killian as either him you or say Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Oppie. Yeah. I only remember Oppenheimer and Strauss because they just kept saying them, but all the other ones, I don't remember. I mean, I remember like Kitty and Lawrence. Yeah. And Teller, Benny Safdie, but that's that's kind of it. Yeah. Truman. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. No. There's just a lot of people in this movie. Okay. So. Your first person is killing it, your last person is Jock Peck on the top row, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go through the first name of the cast, people. You'll do the second line. Oh, you're going all these, huh? Yeah, we're going to run through. So second line, and I'll do the third line. You do the fourth line. Still is a pretty little bit of well-known people. Actually, you just do three through the end. Cause it's only, but like only say the people you think are important enough. <laughs> I don't really mean. <laughs> They're not all important enough. Yeah, Gary Oldman's not important enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have Killian Murphy who played J. Robert Oppenheimer. Robert Downey Jr. plays Louis Strauss. Florence Pugh as Gene Tatlock. Uh, Emily Blunt as Kitty Oppenheimer. Jack Quaid as Richard Fenman. Matt Damon as Lee Groves. Rami Malek as David Hill. Devin Bostick, Roderick, played Seth Nedemeyer. Josh Peck made Kenneth. His name cuts off. Ryan. Tom Conti played Albert Einstein. Great cameo, by the way. Uh, David Douchmouchen, he played actor. Emma Dumont played Jackie Oppenheimer. I don't remember her being in the movie, but that's great. Josh Hartnett played Ernest Lawrence. Um, Walter White played Werner Heisenberg. Um, Why'd you say Walter White? Heisenberg. I know. Joke. Um, Matthias, he's Matthias, from Army of the Dead. Yeah. He was the... The, the safe cracker. Yeah. Matthias, <laughs> don't even attempt it. Dragon uh, <laughs> offer? I don't know. Um, it looks like that. It looks like a name. With all due respect. Um, Dylan Arnold is Frank Oppenheimer. Dane DeHaan as Kenneth Nichols. Gary Oldman as Harry S. Truman. And Casey Affleck as Boris Pash. Then we had Benny Safdie as Edward Teller. Alex Wolf as Luis Alvarez. Gustav Skarsgården as Hans Beth, Kenneth Branagh as Niels Bohr, Jason Clark as Roger Robb, and Auden Eckright as Richard Feynman. Hmm. Who else played? Huh. What? Two of the cat they messed up somehow. Jack Quaid and Auden Eckright have the same character name. Really? But they're not the same person. Yeah. Um, and then we got James Darcy as Patrick Blackett. Um Matthew Modine as Venevar Bush. David Krumholtz as... These people are not all important. <laughs> well, be nice. Um, Tony Goldwyn. All right, I'm just going to say the names. Tony Goldwyn, Scott Grimes, Robert Pugh, um, Luis Lombard, Danny DeFerrari, Tron... F- Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jefferson Hall is in it. I don't feel like saying any more names. That's the only one that that was That's the last all. one that actually mattered. Yeah. So this was a nice little reunion for the Halloween trilogy cast. Yeah. Now I'm just curious if James Darcy's related to Emma Darcy. Hmm. So I didn't know that was his last name. I just remember him playing um he was Jarvis and Agent Carter. There was a different actor playing Oh, Jarvis. Yeah, no, he was like his dad's butler. Like he was the real oh. guy. Yeah. 
Good show. Well, while Ryan's doing that, I'll read you guys down the synopsis of the movie. During World War II, Lieutenant General Leslie Groves Jr. appoints physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer to work on the top-secret Manhattan Project. Oppenheimer and a team of scientists spend years developing and designing the atomic bomb. This movie, as I said, was directed by Christopher Nolan. The music was composed by Ludwig Gorenson, one of my favorite composers that are working today. And the cinematography was by, again, Hoyt Van Hoytma. Hoytma? Hoytma? Am I saying that right? No idea. Where are you looking? Van Hoytma, the, the cinematographer. Looks great to me. That's what I think it is. He almost does all of Nolan's films. Okay. And, of course, Christopher Nolan directed this movie. Yep. And wrote it, as I already stated. And this movie sits at three hours exactly. It's considered a war drama. And me and Ryan, I know we're going to have very different opinions on this movie. I don't think it's going to be that different. I think it's going to be very different. You think? Yes. Unless you give it like a 99 or something. Okay, I'm not that high. No, <laughs> There's one movie that's ever reached that pinnacle. Yeah? Yeah. Goodfellas. Okay. It's the only movie I've given a 99, is it? It's not like Sandlot or anything. No. Robots. <laughs> I forgot we talked about robots. Yeah. Um, I truly believe this movie will go down. I'm not saying everyone's gonna believe this, but I truly think when people like cinephiles talk about movies that had the biggest impact and were some of the biggest, most important films to ever be made, this movie will be looked at that mm-hmm. just the same way Goodfellas was looked at. Is looked at now. Shawshank's looked. At. I think all these movies. This will be in that exact same conversation. I think this is the best Christopher Nolan will ever make. Wow. And I think Killy Murphy, as I said in my uh, letterbox review, I truly believe he gave a once in a lifetime performance in as Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah, he was great. I, I think maybe you did like this a little bit more than me. I still loved it, but I think you're right. This has the opportunity. Like if it keeps moving, the pace is going, people keep talking about it and seeing it. I think it does have the chance to become like one of the classics of our time. Like maybe not up there with Goodfellas and Shawshank. But at the same time, I think people are going to look back at like, you know, the 2020s as a whole and pick out Oppenheimer as one of the better movies in that time. Yeah, I think it definitely could be. Unless, I, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, unless like something else comes out and just blows us away. But especially for like, this isn't like a straight biopic, but more or less like it's, you know, it is it's, bi- I, I took it as like a biopic. Yeah, but it's not like your classic biopic. It's more, you know, it's more about how. It's less about Oppenheimer's life in general and more about Oppenheimer making the nuclear bomb. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. But yeah, no, I think people are going to remember this movie for a very long time. Definitely. Yeah, no. And I love, and because I think as much as people, a lot, I think a lot of people don't want to think this way. Oppenheimer is a hero. He, yeah. he created a nuclear bomb and we know that it was used yeah. twice. <laughs> Two of them were used. <laughs> And we know the outcome of that. We know what happened. We know all the tragic deaths that came from it. But at the same time, he was a hero to those soldiers, the U.S. soldiers who were over there, and they were stuck there, and they knew that yeah. there was no winning this war against the Japanese force. Yeah. And so that's true. I, I he don't is know. a hero. Yeah, I don't know if hero is the right word, but like hero to them. Yeah, to them. Yeah. But at the same, like you can, you have to say that he, you know, he changed the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, he yeah, blew up the entire world. Mm-hmm. Change the world. But um, no, I I just... Because you see it so often, I feel like nowadays you see a lot of movies that try and do the ensemble cast, and it just doesn't work. I feel like when you start putting too many actors in a movie, mm-hmm. Avengers did it somehow multiple times. Yeah. And it worked. But we've seen like Amsterdam not work. We've seen 
the uh, Death of the Nile. The, those kind of movies just don't work. Yeah. But then you see Wes Anderson and Christopher Nolan are able to do it time and time again. And now Christopher Nolan probably is one of the biggest cast of all time. Yeah. With some of the best actors of the last 30 years mm-hmm. all coming together to do this movie. And that's why I think I think it holds up. I think everyone did their part perfectly. And as I sat, I said something stupid last night that as I sat and thought about it, I was definitely wrong. Robert Downey Jr. was fantastic in this role. I saw I was watching the trailers. Yeah. And I was like, he was really good. I was like, I, was <laughs> like, I, think, I, was, really I think I was just mad at him because of how the yeah. movie goes down. And it's it becomes like a courtroom thriller. Yeah. The whole movie is the race to build the bomb. And then it, it, that happens. Mm-hmm. And um, this isn't a spoiler. This is true events. Yeah. I'm not going to say the other stuff. But then it kind of becomes like a thriller, like drama thriller. Yeah. Courtroom. For the most part. It does yeah. cut back and forth throughout the entire movie. But yeah. for the most part, it's like the beginning, you know, I don't know, two thirds of it are building the bomb intercut with the courtroom scenes. And then after the bomb, it goes straight to like full on courtroom stuff. And I did love some of those. I liked the smaller room more than the big courtroom. So did I. Those those scenes were intense yeah. and they just felt more personal. I guess got so small mm-hmm. and everyone's so close together. Yeah. And who was it? Jason Clark? Mm-hmm. Killed it. He was great. He, yeah. And he's always great. He really like he was always he was good throughout the movie. That one scene where him and Oppenheimer come face to face for it mm-hmm. is a great scene. Yeah. And I think that's what Christopher Nolan does, as I think Kelly Murphy said it. Working with Christopher Nolan, everyone came with their A game. Yeah. Everyone knew that they're working with one of considerably considered one of the greatest directors ever. Yep. And so everyone came ready to act, ready to play their part perfectly. Yeah. And you can see it. And it I think shows. Yeah. I, I think the thing like you were saying, how a lot of big ensemble movies fail is that they get all these actors and they say, Okay, well, all of these actors have to have, you know, this long amount of time on screen. And that's when movies get jumbled. What this movie does is getting Gary Oldman, one of the best actors of all time, and by far one of the best actors of our time, he's in the movie for like two minutes. That's yeah. it. Like, you look at this cast list and you say, like, oh my God, how are they going to have this many famous people? It's really loud siren. <laughs> it was a loud siren. Um, you look and you're like, how are they going to have this many people in this movie? It's that a lot of these people only have like a minute of screen time. Yeah. It, it works. But I think at the same time, Having that many people, like you were saying, with you like the smaller courtroom scene better than the bigger one with Robert Downey Jr. I agree because throughout the movie, the Robert Downey Jr. one, I was super lost and never went back to that because they're just throwing so many names and there's so many people that you just don't, it's hard to follow all of it. So I think this is a movie that it's really good, but if you're not paying attention, you're going to fall behind. Yeah. Definitely like. It's definitely a movie you've got to watch multiple times to fully understand it. And that's not saying you can't watch it and be like, oh, my God, this is awesome once. But if you really, especially the courtroom stuff, to really, like, get it and understand it, you got to watch this multiple times to just get the names down and understand who they're talking about, who did what, why this is, you know, a problem. Yeah. So I think all the building bomb stuff was much better than the courtroom stuff, in my opinion. But at the same time, the smaller courtroom with Jason Clark and Oppenheimer, it was great. I yeah. love that part. I just think the Robert Downey Jr. stuff, well, it was still good. And when I understood it more at the end, because we just know more stuff about the story yeah. as a whole, I-, I liked it a lot more. But 
in the beginning parts when it was cutting back and forth, I was not a fan of that part of the movie. No, but, I that that's probably one of my reasons it's not higher on my score is like what you're saying in the first end of the first act, second act when they're using the bigger courtroom scene. Mm-hmm. I did you hadn't met everyone yet, so it was kind of confusing. Yeah, because they would start talking about someone, and I would be like, I haven't met them yet. Mm-hmm. But that's why I think towards the end of the film, in the third act, when they mainly focus on the that all that all mm-hmm. the Strauss's court case, I just thought it. That's when it kind of got good. Yeah, because it found itself, and you knew everything they were talking about. Alden Eckright was surprisingly really good yeah, and had really a huge good. part in this movie. And I loved in the trailer we hear that very consistent booming noise. It sounds like a clap. It sounds like a train coming through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like the, the loud bang that you keep hearing mm-hmm. throughout the trailer, and it's just people. Yeah, the whole time. Like, yeah, and that's what it ends up being throughout the movie. You hear the noise a couple of times. You hear when people are clapping when they're stomping. You hear it throughout the movie, and I think the visuals are also off the charts. Mm-hmm. Like just, it's pretty to look at. Yeah, it's all really there, which Chris Nolan's right. It makes it makes it more realistic to the people watching it. Like it makes you feel like you can actually go through the screen and you can be wherever they are. Yeah. You can because it's a it was a real thing. Mm-hmm. And seventy millimeter was also amazing. It was just so every part of it was just so crisp. Some seventy millimeter film that we got from. Is that from, actually seventy millimeter or is that just seventy millimeter? That is quite so big. Measure it out. No. <laughs> but it said when they gave it, it said, it said take 70 millimeter. No, normal film so tiny. This is huge. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it is neat. Of course, Christopher Nolan did it. Yeah. But, I mean, you could see every pore on <laughs> everyone's <laughs> face. It was crazy. Kelly Murphy did look sickly ill throughout that movie. He did. So thin. Yeah. And this movie, as much as I'm saying how great this movie is, the same thing with The Departed. I love The Departed. Sometimes they over-sexualize something that doesn't need to be part of this movie. There's a scene in the small courtroom. Oh, yeah. That's like Emily Blunt seeing Kelly Murphy having sex with Florence Pugh. Yeah. Because he's admitting that he spent the night with her in the courtroom sequence. But it was just weird because everyone else is sitting there normal and he's sitting naked and she's on top of him. Yeah. It was just something weird. I didn't mind them sitting naked talking. Yeah. it was That was weird. Yeah, it, it was also the fact that that was like the only time that happened in the movie. Because in other movies, they kind of do that where it's like they'll show somebody doing one thing and then like they're still in that room, but they're imagining what they were doing, what they're talking about. No, It'll I like know what you mean, but they never did again, which was weird. Yeah, it's just it was an out of nowhere thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then like I loved everything about him before he even got into the making the bomb. I loved just learning about him. Yeah. And then just because of Nolan's way of – we finally understood why it's in black and white and the color. All the colored scenes are from his perspective. It's the first person you're mm-hmm. watching it. And then not POV, but it's in the yeah. first part it was written. And then everything that's in black and white is not, which was really cool because I don't know. It was just, it was just a, such a distinct decision. And mm-hmm. it definitely took some time for me to completely understand that. Yeah. But then once it like clicked, I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Like that's yeah. a cool decision to make. I don't know. I just I really like this movie. Yeah. And I I'll love bet you, this movie. I bet you in like a month or so, no one's gonna come out and be like, "No, that's that's not what the black and white meant." Like we're gonna be so off. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what it is. Every I, time, it's just no one's like, "No, that's it's like that's it's aliens." Yeah. <laughs> it's time. Everything's time. He does love his. Physicists. He loves time. 
Yeah. He loves all of that. But um, yeah, no, this this movie is. I don't care. You might not like people. Might not like this movie. If you go see it, it's not for everyone. It's long. It is long, it's and that's, you feel it. I didn't feel it. I don't know. I this was one of those movies. I my phone lit up at one point. I just like turned it. Yeah. To see what time it was, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I mm. thought we were much shorter into this movie than yeah. we were at. And even for me, like I still really enjoyed the movie, but at the same time, it was also it, nine twenty when it yeah. But like after the, the bomb goes off and the courtroom stuff starts, and I'm like, okay. Come on, that that's when the movie really started dragging for me. Uh, like it was just just that part of the movie was just too long, uh, in my opinion. But I, I still think great movie. Yeah, and I th- this that kind of goes into the point I'm about I'm going to say now. It's not every this movie's not for everyone, and that's fine. Not every movie everyone has to love. That's mm-hmm. kind of the point of art. Everyone has a different opinion, but it's one of those movies I think even if you don't like it, you understand how special this is. Yeah. Like this is something that might never be done again by anyone else. Yeah, I mean, he's seventy millimeter IMAX making of a bomb. Yeah, he made a fucking legitimately nuke. made the bomb, <laughs> and you bring a cast like this together, and it all worked. Mm-hmm. Like, there's definitely issues. That's why the movie's not a hundred. Yeah, but at the same time, like it worked majority of the movie. Yeah, which makes it so impressive for a guy that I'm not the biggest Nolan fan, mm-hmm. and I've said this before. But I this this is by far my favorite Nolan movie. Yeah, I think we have the sim we have like similar opinions on Nolan, where he makes movies look incredible, but the story is usually like back end. Like Nolan movies are usually like genuine eighties or something like that. But looks wise and like usually science wise, they're ten ten out of tens. Yeah, like they're it's incredible what he did with Interstellar and all the stuff like that. Yeah, but I think the story of Interstellar lacks. Mm-hmm. Te- Tenet actually is one of the few movies I think the story worked for me. Yeah. And the visuals also work because I think it's just a very cool concept. Yeah. But I yeah, I I truly did love this movie and I I know there's gonna be people who don't love it. I, I really want to see Matt's reaction. Yeah. Because Matt Matt does not like long movies. Mm-hmm. He said Prisoners was too long, which is only two and a half. But he loves the Batman. He doesn't mind the Batman being three hours. Mm-hmm. So it'd be cool to see other people's reactions to this. Yeah. I did love the picture of the dude. With TikTok open, he's like, "Shit's so goddamn." Oh, and long. it's ice spice on his phone. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I just, it didn't bother me. I, I don't think the, the runtimes never really bother me as long as I'm enjoying myself. Because mm-hmm. nothing's worse than a long movie that's not good. Yeah. Um, like Return of the King, four hour cut. <laughs> that was beautiful. Most of the movie was good. That was epic. I was so tired. <laughs> it was also at like nine o'clock. That, yeah. that was just a bad. And scene. they had the whole D and D or whatever thing. I, that, you can't put that on me. I didn't know that that was going to be a thing. But I do put it on you. I know. Because I got home at like two. I really thought Elijah Wood was just coming on to thank everyone for celebrating. So did I. They're like board game time, bitches. D and D, baby. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, Oppenheimer is. And it's so funny because he's not like a great man. He's a bad dude. No, he was. Cheating on his wife constantly. I mean, wives. Yeah, he did it more than the movie shows because the movie really only shows Florence Pugh, and they mentioned one other thing. But he was he had cheated on his other wife with Emily Blunt. Yeah, he was moving around. Yeah, he was a womanizer. Yeah, egotistical womanizer. Mm-hmm. That was a great scene. With Matt Damon's just listing off other things yeah. people say about him. He's like, "But you're still here." Yeah, like he's just so egotistical, but he knows exactly what he's saying. Like, mm-hmm. He is the guy that's normally going to be the smartest man in the room. Yeah. Unless it's math. 
because he says he's like, I'm not good at math. Yeah. I think Nolan did a really good job of trimming down all that stuff where it doesn't make him seem like the worst guy in the world, but at the same time, making him seem like not the best. Yeah. Like we know he's a, he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, not, there's nothing wrong with saying that. Yeah. But at the same time, he's one of the most important people in, in history. Yeah. Not just American, like in the world. World history. He changed the world. Yeah. You can't argue that. He, he changed the world forever. Yeah. And that, they did such a great job explaining that with him on the magazines, the mm-hmm. way everyone wanted to take pictures on wherever he went. Yeah. And he's just a, he's a genius. He's kind of like a mad scientist, if you think about it. He just basically made an atomic bomb. Yeah. And then they then I liked hearing about the hydrogen bomb because that's something I know a little bit more about. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know much about Oppenheimer, but I knew about making the hydrogen bomb and how much problems that caused, how they kept the Manhattan Project alive through that and all that kind of stuff. But it was cool to just hear that Oppenheimer was not in favor of making it. Yeah. Because he knew it would be too big. There's no target that needs that. Mm-hmm. And just explain with the atomic bomb. Yeah. Even though both of them were pretty big. Yeah. Because the, the only reason he really made it, and this is also history, is just because the Germans were there too. And they were like, this is terrible, but if it happens to us, we, we don't want it to happen to us. You know? It's, yeah. It's also, it's also them, and we have to beat them. And that's... The basis of the movie. We love just beating Russians. Yeah. Why is I wonder why sports, science, life. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah who's got a flag on the moon, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you believe that, Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing. <laughs> no, that's 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 for a different episode. Um, <laughs> that's like for a different. Coming time. to Patreon. Tommy's <laughs> gonna tell you the moon landing's fake. I'm not saying it's not you real. God damn it. But why haven't we been back? Why isn't it televised anymore? It's hard. But they could do it then? <laughs> it's hard now. We have improved. No, back then it was a race to beat the Russians. Now it's just, it, like, there's no point. We already know what's going on. You should put a base on the moon. No, you want a base on the moon? Yeah. You want to live on the moon? Yeah. You're going to be like Matt Damon in The Martian? Yep. Chrome <laughs> potatoes. One of my favorite scenes in that movie is when he's like, you know, the definition of a pirate, somebody who takes their own land. So technically, I'm a space pirate. Sounds pretty bad. Like, that movie's so good because Matt Damon is just a dude the entire yeah. time. Like, he doesn't act like a scientist. Like, he's not nerdy. No, he's not. Yeah, he's just a dude. It's go. It's great. You know, up until like three years ago, I didn't know Ridley Scott directed that. You didn't? Nope. It's a great movie. Yeah. I need to watch that again. You ever seen how, you know, when he's like, launching off to get back to the ship with his friends on it and he starts like crying yeah that's, that's like the about? end right yeah like the yeah. end when he's escaping mars yeah. yeah you ever hear him talk about that yeah. so he filmed all the scenes in the beginning where he gets left behind he that was filmed like first so he worked with like pena and whoever else did that movie i forget um was it jessica chastain Somebody, it's it may have been, I don't remember who it was, but he said like he had worked with all those guys in the beginning and became friends with them. And then like, you know, months of shooting the rest of the movie and he didn't, he never got to see him again. And he was just alone the entire time. So when he got in the ship, which they filmed like towards the end, he heard their voices again and he just started like crying because he was hearing his friends for really? the first time again. Yeah. Holy shit. Because he was just alone the entire movie. It is true. And a lot of the camera footage is a webcam. Yeah. Huh. That probably was not a fun shoot. Probably not. If it was Jessica Chastain, that's the second space movie they've been in together. Was it? They're both in Interstellar. 
Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. But um, back to Oppenheimer. Thank Matt Damon was great in Oppenheimer. Yeah, it was Jessica Chastain. It was. Yeah. Yeah, two space movies. Yeah, Sebastian stands in it. That man just shows up in projects. Yeah. I do love um Don Glover in that movie too. Don Glover's in The Martian. Yeah, he's like a scientist helps him get back. Really? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I've, I've seen this movie once. Really? When it first came out, and I really enjoyed it. I haven't seen it in a while either. It's a good movie. Mark, not Mark Wahlberg. The character's name is Mark, so it threw me off. Um, Matt Damon won Best Actor for this. Forget. I know is he ever won an Oscar? I don't think so. Killing Murphy for all you betting people out there. Bet on him to win the Oscar. He's gonna do it. He's gonna he's gonna pull it out. The Oscars love biopics. They do. They do. They're yeah. Hollywood darlings. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I highly recommend you all check this movie out. I've said my piece. I think it's going to go down as one of the greatest movies of all time. Maybe if that's a little too much, it could go down as one of the most well-made movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Could go down as Nolan's best movie of all time. I truly loved it. I'm going to go see it again before I can truly say where it ranks for my movies because you always get that movie high. Yeah. But um, yeah, Ryan, what are your final thoughts on Oppenheimer? I think it was really, really good. I mean, you can't, it's definitely not for everyone because it's it is very very long. It's three hours flat, and it it feels like it at times. But I think for the most part, this movie was just it was just incredible because like everything's real, for the most part. Like that, no one said there's no CGI shots in this, but there's shots with. There's no CGI. There is VFX. Do you think it's all VFX? Like even that's, the end. That's what he said. He's like he's like there's VFX shots. He's yeah. like he's like there's not a single bit of CGI. Okay. Which is incredible. I was watching yeah. his. Uh, I mean, Google. you can't do that. There's nothing like crazy. Like they're not showing dreams of launching nukes all over. It's nothing crazy like that. They can do everything. They show exactly that. They show one. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the whole end of the movie is exactly yeah, yeah. what you just said. Yeah, it's him just having a panic attack. Yeah, oh, a bunch of nukes. Yeah. Anyways, um, no, I think this is a great movie. But just expect. You can't go into this expecting like a war movie of like. We're gonna go bomb the Japanese. You watch it. Like this is about making the bomb. It's not a, about dropping. You know, what I mean? will say this is a legit horror movie at times. Like it's truly scary what comes out of it, mm-hmm. and like them explaining it is what makes it scary. And then knowing that this is still a very valid, very possible possibility. Yeah, that could happen today. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I got like, like chills and stuff like that. So yeah. the movie is it's and it's a dark score? subject. It's yeah. not a happy. No, not at all. You're not going to leave this movie smiling. Mm-mm. Unless you're thinking after like how I felt. I was just happy that the movie was good, so I was smiling. Yeah. But the movie, the product is not a happy product. No. But did you say your score for this? No. You're not going to say it? No, it's your turn. I said it first last turn? time. All right, 92. Oh, that's not bad at all. Mine's a 94. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. The, the way you said it, I thought you were going to be like 80s. No. No, this movie's definitely a 90. Okay, yeah, 94. Yeah. Oh just, no, ninety three. That's what I wrote down. Just like I think talking about it made me like it more. Yeah. Just like technically looking at it, it's it's incredible. What'd you give Barbie? Eighty four. Yeah. Just making sure we have all these down. Go for it. Uh, you gave Indiana Jones a sixty something, right? I think so. A sixty six. Uh, fifty seven. There's no <laughs> way. No, I think it's like a sixty two or something. Maybe. Damn. 
keeps just keeps going down every time we talk about this it's movie. Pretty, it's all right. Better than Crystal Skull and yeah. Temple of Doom. No, I like Temple of Doom a lot. Temple of Doom was the Indiana Jones movie I've seen the most because that was always on as a kid for me. I I like the first and the third one the most. I love those two, which is fair. I, I mean, yeah. I like the first one the most, but I think I've seen Temple of Doom the most times. Fair enough. But um, moving on from that, what is your suggestion? your suggestion of the week? I had one and I forget it. I have one. Go for it. I can't. I came on it because I just started it today. Yeah. I recommend Snowfall. It's on Hulu and it is really good. It's about the selling of cocaine and it's on six seasons. It's critically adored and it's audience adored. But yeah, it's my choice. That's cool. Um. You're like, I got Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to recommend... Uh, you know what I'm going to recommend? What's that? 65. <laughs> oh. I'm just scrolling Netflix and I just it? saw it. Yeah, I saw it with you. Oh, you were with me and Sean? Yeah. And Ian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it the most fun. mid movie I've ever seen. No, it's it's definitely mid. But if you want to just watch a guy shoot dinosaurs, it's pretty for, cool. Uh, like, it's yeah. a cool concept. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wish that they didn't explain that it was dinosaurs. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. If I like went in, and I was like, oh, it's just like a surviving aliens, and it was just dinosaurs. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And it's the girl from uh, Barbie too. Oh my god, real girl. Yeah, year for her. Yeah, she played. She was um Gamora and. She was young Gamora in um, Infinity War. Holy cow. Yeah. How did you know that? Dude. I work on a film podcast. Oh, dude. Come on. Who are you talking uh, to? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to yet another episode of Me and Ryan Selling Idiots. Uh, make sure to continue liking and sharing the podcast. We are available everywhere you find podcasts. YouTube, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, TikTok. Go follow us on TikTok. TikTok's big and gets us a lot of views. But um, <laughs> makes this show more possible. But um, yeah. What you TikTok. do hate TikTok? You're in them though now because you have no choice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Ryan, you get to leave us off with the um, final spiritual words to end this episode. Thank you for listening. Okay. I'm sorry that Tommy's been staring at the camera for so long. I know it's uncomfortable, but <laughs> I'm gonna talk to them when I'm talking to them. All right. Um, thank you for listening. Go see both of these movies. I still recommend Barbie first, then Oppenheimer. We already talked about Agreed. that in the beginning, but a lot of people were saying Oppenheimer, then Barbie. I disagree with that, but that's it's up to you at the end of the day, but just see Barbie first. Much better choice. But um, yeah, see both these movies in the theater the way they should be seen. See Oppenheimer in IMAX if you can. If you can, 70 millimeter. I thought it was only yesterday. Or is it yesterday and today? No, there's only certain theaters that are doing the IMAX 70 millimeter. Oh, I thought it was only for a certain amount of time. It is. It's for like the first two weeks. Oh, okay. But yeah. then there's other theaters that are just I'm like KOP. Oh. <laughs> the theater near us that yeah. we went to, it's one of the it's the, the only, only one PA that does, that yeah. does 70 mil. Mm-hmm. So try and find one of your 70 millimeters. It's giving away where we are anyway. But um. Yeah, watch it. All of it. Watch Barbie and IMAX. Maybe that'd be cool. Yeah. Is it even showing an IMAX? Probably not. You got Mission Impossible and Oppenheimer. Oh, that like lost all of its things to Oppenheimer. Really? Yeah. 
Tom Cruise is punching a wall yeah, right he now. Is. He's eating his popcorn. Just like this yeah. motherfucker stole my thing. <laughs> How yeah. about that Greta Gerwig saving the cinemas now? Greta Gerwig's she got that dog in her. She's a she's a great director. She is great writer. Great writer. Her, her and her partner. Yeah, no bomb back. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you were supposed to end the episode. We went off. Um, yeah, uh, don't watch Daredevil with Ben Affleck. Uh, just watch these two movies, and um, we'll see you. Don't listen to Ryan. Go check out Daredevil. No, it's on Hulu now. Uh, don't do that.